the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, let's get it on. It's 10.06. I'm Mike Boyle, and this is The Restaurant Show on Newstalk 710 KNUS in Denver. Doing a simulcast with our friends in Colorado Springs on AM 1460 and FM 101.1. The answer going to be with you up until 12 o'clock. Today's the day. You know, over the last couple weeks, I've been telling you, maybe you read a big article in the Denver Post. I don't know you folks in Colorado Springs, if you subscribe to the Denver Post, if you go to it online. Big article about the Carl family, C-A-R-L-E, um, and their departure from the Echo Lake Lodge up at Echo Lake on the road to Mount Evans. Um, they've been there for 57 years as the operator. It's owned and operated by the city and county of Denver, the Mountain Parks Division. And recently, the Mountain Parks Division told them, we are not going to extend your lease. We're not going to give you a liquor license. You have got to vacate the premises by the end of the year. Well, since they have done this for so long, they have a pretty good idea of what happens to the weather up on Squaw Pass come late October, November, December. So they shut it down last Sunday. And uh, you've been very supportive. You've been going up there. This is the same family that gave us the donuts and coffee to start up on Pikes Peak about four generations ago. They own and operate the entryway to the Rocky Mountain National Park up in Estes Park, the gift shop up there. They also operate Lookout Mountain and Buffalo Bill's Grave and Trading Post and Museum. So what they did after they shut down last Sunday was they brought the merchandise that hadn't been sold. They had ordered merchandise to get through the whole next year. Well, they're selling a lot of it. And they brought it down to the Lookout Mountain Buffalo Bills trading post. And today, if you make it up to that trading post, you can get some great deals. You know what? I've got a really nice T-shirt. I'm wearing it right now that says Echo Lake Lodge, 1926. That's when it got built. And so uh, kind of historic. But what Bill also wanted to do, was he wanted to sell the stuff. A lot of people have been doing their Christmas shopping. Um, he wanted to do it as a benefit for the Alpine Mountain Rescue. So what we're going to do in this hour is, in the next segment, we are going to talk with Bill Carl, tell you what is going on today. Then we will talk with a young man that will tell you what the Alpine Mountain Rescue does. These are all volunteers uh, service above self type people. And then 
in the next hour. We will. So the interview with Rocky, uh, beg your pardon, the interview with Bill we'll talk about today. The interview with Alpine Mountain Rescue I did yesterday and recorded. Then in the 11 o'clock hour, I'll be prepared to take your calls at 303-696-1971. That's 303-696-1971. We're also going to talk quite a bit about an event coming up tomorrow. Ballots will drop. Coming up on Tuesday, Rescue Colorado at the Douglas County Event Center. Tickets are going very well for that, and we're going to tell you how you can get them. So anyway, let's go ahead and take a break. That sets the tone for the show. Let's take a break and come back, and let's talk with Bill Carl at Lookout Mountain. All right, welcome back to the Mike Ball Restaurant Show. It is Sunday, October 16th, and you know what? It is a day we've talked about this over and over and over. 31 years in Denver, 27 years on radio in Colorado Springs. It's a day when you can do something nice for yourself while you're doing something nice for somebody else. You can drive to Golden You can drive up to Lookout Mountain. You can come up through Golden. You can take I-70 to the Lookout Mountain exit and come in that way. And you can park. And you can enjoy the beautiful views. You can take a little bit of a hike. Maybe bring your bike if you'd like to do that. And you can go to the Buffalo Bill Museum. You can go up to the Buffalo Bill Grave. Or you can come in, and you can come into the Buffalo Bill Museum, I beg your pardon, Trading Post, and help the Alpine Rescue Team. I've got Bill Carl, the Carl family, up and down the front range for many generations, have been handling these wonderful lodges like Pikes Peak and the entrance to the Rocky Mountain National Park, and many, many others. They handle Red Rocks for many years, but you can come up today and get some of the merchandise that is left from Echo Lake Lodge. Yep, after 57 years, they vacated the Echo Lake Lodge. The city and county of Denver wants to go another direction. Oh, gag me with a spoon. Anyway, uh, Bill Carl, welcome to the show. Thank you, Mike. I, I cracked you. you up there, didn't I? All right, so, yeah, you did. <laughs> all right, so what are we doing today? Well, today... We brought down that Mount Evans merchandise, and we're having it here. We call it Pahaska Teepee. It's the uh, building that Johnny Baker, who traveled with Buffalo Bill in the Wild West, built in 1921, and it's now part of the uh, city and county of Denver, Denver Mountain Parks. And we're just four miles north of I-70, exit 256. It's very close. Everybody's been by that sign, and everybody said, someday I'll stop in there. <laughs> yeah, today's, <laughs> today's the day. And not only today's can we, you know, usually on this show we tell you we're going to have a boil meal deal, a boil lunch bunch. My name is Mike Boyle. We're going to have lunch. We're going to get a bunch of people. Well, we're gonna, today we're going to have not a meal deal. We're going to have a merchandise deal. Tell the listeners about what we're doing and what it will benefit, Bill. Well, Alpine Search and Rescue Team has been there every time we've ever called up at Echo Lake uh, to help to help somebody that needed help, whether they'd driven their car off the road, lost, struck by lightning, um, you know, slipped on the ice uh, or worse. Mm-hmm. And they've always been there, and they've always gotten the job done, and they never asked for a cent in return. I have all this Mount Evans merchandise, tins, patches, coffee mugs, water bottles, some t-shirts, 
you know, lots and lots of it. And, and there's no better way for, for people to help out Alpine Search and Rescue Team than to come up and, and pick up a coffee mug and give those guys a donation. Is, it, are the, is the merchandise on special? How are we doing that? Well, it's all marked with our price tags. And, and you know, I'm just going to say, you know, take what you want and give what you can. I'll have a suggested donation on the, on the mugs. It's all going to be under ten dollars, uh-huh. and uh, like a coffee mug for five, probably. I think that's a very good price. You can get a whole set, or you can give more. And uh, Alpine Search and Rescue members, team members, will be there to to uh, take those donations. And we want to let people know that the Alpine Rescue Team, and there's others, there's the El Paso County Search and Rescue. There's a number of them out there. There's even one in Douglas County. But these folks are volunteers. They give up their time to try to help others. And so consequently, if we can come up with some money today... They can use it for the equipment that they need. If you're going to be trying to pull somebody off a of Long's Peak, if you're going to try to be getting somebody out of an icy lake, if you're going to try to be getting somebody out of an automobile accident on one of these mountain roads, you need the equipment. And that's what this will go for today. So want to encourage everybody to come on out. The show goes from 10 o'clock until noon. I'll be here until probably 1231 o'clock. I'm going to have Bill, tell the listeners about the hot chocolate up here on Lookout Mountain. <laughs> well, in this in the uh, wintertime, we do a hot chocolate and it's just um, <laughs> hot chocolate, but we put some uh, Whipped cream on it, some caramel topping, and, and, and if you want, we'll sprinkle some nutmeg on top of that for you. If it's warmer, everybody loves our root beer floats. We used to use that Duffy's root beer, which all the old old residents of Denver will remember the Duffy's name. Uh-huh. But they've uh, since gone, but now we're using Rocky Mountain Soda Company. Uh-huh. Uh, it's run by a fellow named Drew, who used to help us out at Red Rocks when we had the amphitheater concessions. Uh-huh. And uh, Drew's got a great soda company, Rocky Mountain Soda, so we'll be using his root beer. All right. So, you know what? You've probably been dealing with people, whether it's hot chocolate or root beer or merchandise. You've probably been dealing with people that sell you coffee mugs for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, haven't you, Bill? Longer. (laughs) Much longer. Yeah. And you say you say he doesn't and you say he doesn't sound that old. He isn't, but he's a multi-generational Carl from the Carl family. They migrated to Colorado all the way from Kansas. <laughs> and yep. so yep. anyway, Bill, you know what? Thank you, thank you, thank you on behalf of me and the restaurant show and my listeners for letting us participate with you on the Echo Lake Lodge closure, picking up stuff. I am wearing my Echo Lake T-shirt today and for doing this benefit today. Thank you so much for letting us participate in a bittersweet moment. Oh, it's been so much more than that. We're just hundreds, if not thousands of people, former employees. Everybody's been so supportive. Thank All right. You. His name is Bill Carl. We're at Lookout Mountain overlooking Golden. Love to have you come on out and support the Alpine Rescue Team. We're going to go ahead and take a break on the restaurant show. It's for 
All right, welcome back to the restaurant show. Let's talk with a man who is part of a group of people who give of themselves. All right. We can talk about military service members. We can talk about first responders. But he is a member of the Alpine Rescue Team. His name is Jake Smith. And I just want you to know what a wonderful, wonderful job these people. These guys are like, these guys and girls are like insurance. You hope you never need them. But let's talk a little bit about what they do, how long they've been around. And uh, you know, we're doing a fundraiser this weekend for them. It's on my website at MikeBoyle.com. Let's talk a little bit with Jake Smith. Jake Smith, welcome to the show. Hey, Mike. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. So the Alpine Rescue Team is made up of about 75 volunteers that get called out about 130 times a year to go out and get people out of the most precarious situation. Yeah, we have fire departments, and yeah, we have police departments and sheriff's departments, but you're the folks that do a lot of the heavy lifting. You're the people that those organizations call when somebody is in a very precarious situation. Why do you, Jake Smith, you've been doing it for a year, you were with other organizations before that, Talk a little bit about the mentality. There's got to be a very giving mentality among the members of the Alpine Rescue Team. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that sort of service-oriented mentality, you know, giving back to our communities is a very core thing for a lot of us. And it's something that unites a lot of us just because we all share that in common. And I think you take something like that and you mix it with the fact that a lot of us are adrenaline junkies and search and rescue becomes a very potent thing. You know, it's, it's a, a very exciting and awesome way for us to get back to the community. And we all love doing it. Well, and, and, you know, one of the things, listen, I like to, I, I like to climb a 14 or just like a lot of people in Colorado, but I want to go out, do a little car camping. They call it, take a little nap in the car, get started at five thirty, six o'clock, go up, take the selfie, enjoy the view and be down off the mountain by 11 o'clock. Because I know that at two, three o'clock in the afternoon, the weather can change dramatically. The snow can move in, a blizzard can hit and and all of a sudden, people find themselves stuck on these mountains. They can't get down. Fortunately, now there's cell service in most places, so they can at least get in a 911 call. Explain the process. Uh, somebody calls 911 and says, I'm stuck on Long's Peak. I'm at about 13,500, 14,000. I don't think I can get down. It's icy. That 911 call goes to a dispatcher. How do they then decide that this is a job for the Alpine Rescue Team? Yeah, that's an excellent question. So, Thank you. <laughs> just sort of as a, as a general note, backcountry search and rescue is actually something that's defined in state legislature. And oh. it's the responsibility of the sheriff's office. So that's kind of the first spot it goes to. So when these 911 calls come in, you know, they go to the dispatch center that goes to the sheriff's office. Now, most counties in Colorado take the responsibility of search and rescue and they delegate that out to a team. 
Um, and so in, in our case, that would be the Alpine and SD team. And so that dispatch center, they're going to get that call. They're going to recognize that this is a backcountry emergency, and they're going to send out a page to our team. So, you know, all of those volunteers that you had mentioned are going to get an alert on a cell phone or some other device saying that we need is you going on. Yeah, exactly. So the way that it works is we've got people on our team who are highly trained, have been a member of the team for a super long time. They've got a lot of experience under their belt. And so that's where that call is going to go to first. Um, so the, the dispatch center is going to connect with one of those. Um, we call them coordinators. And our coordinator is going to start to get information. If they can connect to the party, they're going to try to talk and figure out specifics on where they are, figure out if they're hurt, try to get a really good picture of the situation. And then they're going to start to work with the team to figure out what resources we might need. Wow. Okay. And then that that coordinator, I mean, you don't want to find out that somebody has a medical condition and not have a medic with you, an EMT or or somebody that has some sort of medical background. So in other words, when they put the team together, yes, it's the Alpine Rescue Team, but that's all 75 members. It may be a four-man, five-man, six-man team that goes up there, but you have all of the equipment, the background, and stuff that you need to extricate that person from that situation. Yeah, exactly. And that's one of the things I think that I really enjoy about search and rescue is just the the variety of calls and the variety of responses we might give. You know, we might have something like that where it's a sort of a high octane, exciting mountain rescue and we've got a small team going in to handle the situation, but we could also have a big search with a lot of people and a lot of overhead staff having to go through planning. So, you know, it totally depends on what the, the incident calls for. It can be a, a very different response. So it's kind of when the going gets tough, the tough get going. You know what? So here I am at my house in Castle Rock. I got my bunny slippers on. I've got a cold beer. The fire's in the fireplace because there's the blizzard of the millennium. And you guys are the guys that are rushing out into it. You guys and ladies. I I use guys kind of generically. So ladies, if I'm insulting you, I apologize. But but you guys are rushing out into this because somebody has got themselves into a situation where they need some help, Jake. Yeah, definitely. And that's, you know, an important thing to keep in mind is that we are volunteers and we love to do this. Um, and all of us are on call 24-7. So, you know, rain, snow or shine, if somebody calls for help, they can be guaranteed that we're going to be responding. We're talking with Jake Smith of the Alpine Rescue Team. Jake, when my daughter went off to college, she went to Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. She was a swimmer. And when they had the student orientation, she didn't go to that. They had an athlete's orientation. And they said, we're going to give you a letter that you take to every professor. And it says, I am a member of a varsity sport at Cal Poly. I may need to miss a class. I may need to leave a class early. I may need to reschedule a test. Are you okay with that? Because if you've been to college, you know that some professors are more agreeable to that. Others, not quite so much. And if there was not an agreement, they would get you into another class. My guess is that with 75 
volunteers on the Alpine Rescue Team. There's a lot of different occupations. So it would seem to me that, yes, some people are self-employed, some people are contract labor, but you have to go to your employer and say, this is what I'd like to do. Are you signed on to that? That's probably a first step to joining the Alpine Rescue Team, isn't it? Yeah, that's a really important thing. Um, when I first got involved with this type of work, I had a very similar conversation to that with my employer. I said, hey, you know, this is something I'm looking into doing. There's going to be at least some sort of expectation that if a call comes in, we can help because, you know, it's an emergency. Um, and my employer at the time was thrilled about it. They thought it was a super awesome way to get back to the community. They thought it was really exciting. So they had no issues with it. And for the majority of our members, that's the same case, whether they're self-employed or contract or they work for a larger organization. Typically, these companies, they recognize the value that we provide. And so they let us go off and do our thing. I would tell but you this. I, I was an employer for 30, 35 years. And I would tell you this, that if one of my employees came to me and said, I would like to become a member of the Alpine Rescue Team. I've got the qualifications. I've got the skills that they need. But there may be times when uh, I'm on the schedule and I just can't make it in. And it's it's always going to be a late call out. It's not going to be. It's not like somebody says, hey, Jake, next Thursday, we're going to have an emergency on Mount Evans. Are you good to go? These things happen spontaneously, and so, you know, I, I think I would be proud to be the employer of somebody that wanted to do something like this. I know that when I had employees that wanted to participate in a run or a walk or needed a couple of days off for a fundraising bicycle ride or something like that, I did it myself. And I was tremendously supportive of those people. So God bless those employers that are doing that. So let's talk a little bit about some of the skills that are required, Jake, to be on the Alpine Rescue Team. And I know that we got all different, but give, give, give a couple skills that people really, I would assume that there's some level of physical fitness required. Oh, certainly. Physical fitness is a, a very big component to this. Um, you know, when we're having to bash gear up the side of Mount Evans or up to Grays and Tories, you know, we might be carrying 30, 40, 50 pounds up to 14,000 feet. And, and then and then putting somebody in a sled or on your back or on something and adding that weight and getting that person down. Exactly. Yeah, it can be an incredibly grueling task. You know, one of the, a lot of us really like it, but it's... It's hard. Jake, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, I want you to tell me a couple of stories, okay? I want you to share a story of a tremendously difficult rescue. A rescue that when you got there, you said, are you kidding me? What do they need us for? And I want to talk about all the dogs that have needed rescue throughout this summer. We'll be back with Jake on The Restaurant Show. All right, welcome back to The Restaurant Show. Check out my website at mikeboyle.com. We are doing a fundraiser this weekend for the Alpine Rescue Team. All right, it's on my website at mikeboyle.com. We have got a member of that team. His name is Jake Smith. 
been with them for over a year. He has been with other rescue organizations in the past. He is a computer programmer. He has a boss that understands that, hey, when they get a call, it's an emergency. Can't talk about it. We got to go. So, Jake, uh, by the way, what's the longest? What's the, who's the oldest of your 75 volunteers of the Alpine Rescue? Ooh, that's a, that's a difficult question. You know, Alpine is actually fortunate in that we have a lot of members who have an incredibly long tenure. But I think one of the ones that comes to mind is Dale Atkins, who has been field active since, I believe, 1972. Uh, and he's still out there all that's, the time. And that's 50 active. years. That means that that yeah. guy is 70, 75 years old. And let me tell you something. If you ever run into Dale Atkins listeners, my advice would be to keep your wise mouth shut because he can probably handle himself just fine if he's still going up and down 14ers trying to pull knuckleheads that got themselves stranded up there. Maybe be through their own in action or, or, or actions, or maybe just because of circumstances. So, wow. All right. So what would you say is the, I, I, there's probably no answer to this. I, I bet you got 30 somethings, 40 somethings, 50 somethings. And my guess that if you're a newer member, like you are, Jake, if you're going into a precarious situation, you want those old salts. You know what? When I was in the army, I remember saying, I want to follow this guy. I want to be with this person. You know what I mean? Because you knew that they were going to do what was right. So I'll bet you see a lot of that. Have you had a rescue that was actually horribly difficult? I quoted last week a book where a lady was hiking with another guy and two dogs fell, broke her leg, a blizzard came in, he was able to get out, but it was so difficult, they couldn't get a helicopter in, the rescue crew had to go for hours and hours and hours overnight of walking in to, with a sled to get her out. Have you had a couple of really challenging rescues, Jake? Oh, certainly, yeah. I've been on a few that, you know, really tested your skills and tested your comfort level. Um, ironically, one of the more physically difficult rescues I've been on was actually one that was really close to town. It was um, Beaverbrook Trail, which is just up of Floyd Hill, and it was for an individual who was out hiking with his son. They got off trail. They followed a drainage down a pretty steep embankment. He ended up falling and injuring his leg, and they called for help. It ended up being four 200-foot raises to get him back out of that terrain and then a few-mile carryout with him in the litter. Uh, and it, it was very, very physically taxing. I can imagine. I remember one of the things that we did in basic training was you had to carry the wounded man carry. And so you had to get somebody your size and put them on your back and run. I don't remember how far the course was, but it certainly wasn't a few miles of carrying a litter. I can only imagine what you went through. Um, obviously, they were very appreciative. Jake, we hear the stories of people calling 911 in the drive through lane at Burger King because their burger wasn't prepared properly. All right. Have there been any 911 calls to county sheriffs in Colorado where they've rolled out the Alpine rescue team and you got there and said, 
what the H-E double hockey sticks are we doing here? Have you had one of those? We do get those calls occasionally. You know, sometimes we'll get uh, a good Samaritan who calls uh, on behalf of somebody else. And so while that person had excellent intentions, and I think that's a great thing to do, uh, if they didn't get the, the information to the person they were calling for, then, you know, it's kind of like a giant game of playing Where's Waldo out in the mountain looking for somebody who may or may not be hurt. Um, but generally speaking, we're fortunate enough that, well, maybe not so fortunate that most of our calls are serious. So um, while we do get those ones, they are definitely not the majority of the calls. All right. I've got another question for you here, Jake Smith, with the Alpine Rescue Team. My dog, Bailey, Bailey the Me- his full name is Bailey the Mexican Street Dog. Uh, he was born in Sayulita, Mexico, just a street puppy. Uh, my daughter ran a surf shop down there, and he followed her home. He said, I'm going with her. Stayed with her for about six months. She was a little bit nervous because... Mexico can be hard on dogs. I love Mexico. So I said, well, honey, I'll fly down and I'll meet Bailey and um, we'll bring him up here. If he's a good dog, I'll keep him. If not, I'll find him a good home. Well, we brought him up here and Bailey, the Mexican street dog, goes with me everywhere. And when it comes to doing 14ers, he's a beast. Okay, I mean, He takes off. I say, Bailey, that's where we're going. I point to the top, and he takes off like his butt's on fire, Jake. All right? But I've heard that one of the biggest incidents of people needing rescues was because of their dog this past summer. Talk a little bit about that. Have you rescued some dogs? Yeah, we have (laughs) definitely gotten calls for dogs, and that's a tricky spot for us because— You know, we have a lot of dog owners and dog lovers on the team, but at the end of the day, we have to be careful that we don't, you know, put a bunch of people in the field to rescue a dog and then get a call for an injured person. So typically, if if we get one of those types of calls, we're not going to go do a full official alpine response, Uh but if people on the team are interested in going out and helping, you know, we, we encourage them to put together a small group and go take action on that and this summer actually was a pretty big summer for dog rescues um summit county rescue group which is in the that's what, that's what, area that's where i heard i heard summit county just that was the number one call out this summer yeah they had a, a an extraordinary number of dog <laughs> rescues and county too in the winter park area it just seemed like this summer the dogs were really not feeling up for hiking and is it the dog or is it is it the over-expectation of the dog, not that they can talk, or the over-expectation of the dog owner? And I'd be, will, I'd be willing to bet you, I'm sorry to interrupt and ask, answer my own question, but I'd be willing to bet you that if somebody is not particularly capable of doing the physical challenge that they've taken on they probably have a dog that is not prepared to take on that challenge as well did i make any sense there yes you did and i i'd say that's um a good observation i think an important thing to keep in mind with dogs is (laughs) you know they just want to keep going they want to continue to have fun with their owner and they're not great at communicating A, a dog can't tell you i'm tired and i want to go home and so it's easy to push that dog beyond what they really can do. 
Yeah. And so, you know what? I work out every day, just like I'm sure you do. And he works out with me every day. So I think that it sounds kind of funny, but he has kind of an expectation of what to expect when we get on a trail or what we are going to try to accomplish when we go on this hike. So anyway, well, I can imagine that you have. Have you been enjoying it? Have you been having fun? It's got to be very gratifying, Jake. Oh, it is. It's my favorite thing in the world. It, it really drives every piece of me. So how I, how old are you, Jake? You sound young. 25. I'm the baby on the team for sure. Are you? Okay. Well, God bless you for, you know what, service to others. And I'm not talking about going into a service industry. Service to others. You know, people say they want their kid to be happy. And I tell my daughter and her fiancé, I want you to be happy. But I want you to be productively happy. I want you to make a contribution. I want you to feel like I'm I'm an Eagle Scout, Jake. So what were the things they teach you in scouting? Leave the campground a little cleaner than you found it. Well, that's just a metaphor for the world. That's just a metaphor for society. That's just a metaphor for life. And I think that people on the Alpine Rescue Team, obviously, you know what, was it Ronald Reagan that said members of our military, uh, people wake up and wonder if they made a difference in their lives, in, uh, made a difference in the world? Members of our military don't have to worry about that. They don't have to wonder about that. My guess is that just about everybody you serve with, Jake, on the Alpine Rescue Team, at the end of the day, whether it was training, whether it was an actual rescue, an actual call-out, knows that they have made a contribution. And by the way, folks, I want to let you know that this fundraiser that we are doing for the Alpine Rescue Team, it's on my website at mikeboyle.com. They don't get paid. There's no administrative infrastructure. But the money goes because they need sleds and harnesses and equipment that will get them into these situations that enable them to help other people. So that's where the money will go, and that's why we're doing this fundraiser this weekend and hope that people will participate. Jake Smith, you're a wonderful young man. I'm looking forward to meeting you out at our fundraiser, but uh, thanks so much for taking the time to share what the Alpine Rescue Team does. And I suppose you're probably always looking for volunteers, aren't you? We are, yeah. We um, have some information on our website, which is alpinerescueteam.org. And uh, if you're interested in volunteering, we just finished up one of our classes, so it'll be a little bit before we have another one. But, you know, definitely reach out, start to get some information, see if it's something you're interested in. Alpinerescueteam.org. Check it out on my website at mikeboyle.com. Jake, have a great rest of your day, and thanks uh, for spending time and for what you do for the community. All right, it is 10.53, and um, got a call off the air from somebody that was a little confused about the goings-on today. And um, I'll tell you what, I'll get a little bit more clarification for you, but... Echo Lake Lodge, 
up at the top of Squaw Pass overlooking Echo Lake. By the way, if you go up and park, it's just so nice to walk around that lake. It's probably about, uh, I don't know, three-quarters of a mile around dirt trail. But it's just so serene. It's just so peaceful. It's so enjoyable. But at any rate, the Echo Lake Lodge uh, is in the process of shutting down under the Carl, C-A-R-L-E, family uh, auspices. So they uh, are moving the merchandise down to Lookout Mountain, down to Buffalo Bill's trading post, okay? Now, apparently, if I understood the call correctly, uh, through Lewis doing a wonderful job producing the show, this person said that they'd been up to Echo Lake, and there's still a lot of merchandise. Now, I don't know if they went up last weekend. Last Saturday and Sunday was a big, big sales day. And then on Monday, they started moving stuff down. Now, you can imagine that they have a tremendous amount of stuff, so whether or not they've moved at all, whether or not there is even anybody up at the Echo Lake Lodge maintaining it. Denise, of course, has been with the Carl family for years. So give me just a minute here when we uh, go to the news to get some clarification. But there is plenty of stuff at Lookout Mountain that you can buy, purchase, make a donation for the Alpine uh, rescue team. All right. So anyway, I, I, I interviewed Jake yesterday. I played it in Colorado Springs. I played it in Denver and I played it again today because I thought that it was, um, you know what? We try to support good causes. And I know, listen, I listen to Salem broadcasting all day long and I know you get hit for Prager University, and it's Prager University Month, and you're getting hit for politicians. Every time you turn on your computer, somebody wants money. And there's always Feed the Children. There's always helping people in Haiti. Um, I know that I'm asking you for baseball equipment. I'm asking you for gift cards for the TAPS Tragedy Assistance Program for Survivor gift card drive. So, you know, but I also try to get you some good deals. So we've had an awful lot of people going up to Echo Lake Lodge and buying Echo Lake sweatshirts and fleece and uh, is it fleeces fleece fleece fleeces is fleece plural I don't know I have to look that up uh, t-shirts and coffee mugs and so forth because they want just that little bit of history nobody knows exactly what the Denver Parks and Rec Mountain Parks Division is going to do after the first of the year with that lodge what's going to be um, how it's going to be operated who's going to operate it whether or not it's going to be operated at all whether it's going to be upgraded there's you know, it's a building that was built in 1926, so it needs a lot of repairs. So all I know is what I'm told. If you want to go to Lookout Mountain today, there will be members of the Alpine Rescue Team that you can see. And there will be goods on display, and you can decide whether or not you want to buy them, make a donation to the Rescue Team. I know the people have been going up to Echo Lake Lodge for the last few weeks because we've been pounding the heck out of it and getting good deals. 
and doing a lot of Christmas shopping, doing a lot of early Christmas shopping. So anyway, we'll try to find out a little bit more for you here when we take the news break. want to remind you that ballots drop tomorrow. I have been told by, and I believe it was Merlin Klotz. Merlin Klotz is the clerk and recorder for Douglas County, does a wonderful job. You never hear of any voting problems. I should keep my mouth shut, right? Yeah, you never hear about any voting problems, any irregularities in Douglas County. He does a wonderful job. He is term limited, so vote Sherry Davis. Sherry Davis is the Republican, and she is mentored under Merlin, and she will do a wonderful, wonderful job. But ballots drop tomorrow, and I understand that if you vote, the sooner you vote— And the sooner you turn in your ballot, that it will mitigate a lot of the phone calls, the solicitations that you'll get from political candidates, from PACs and so forth. So I will have my ballot tomorrow. It will be turned in probably by Tuesday when I go to the Rescue Colorado event at the Douglas County Event Center. Uh, I'll tell you a little bit about that in the next hour, how to get tickets, but we've got an hour in. And if you'd like to give me a call, I'd love to hear from you. 303-696-1971. Give me a call in the next hour. 303-696-1971. We'll be back after the news. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.